0: Hi, I'm Rev. Carol Saunders, host of The Spiritual Forum. I'm here with a lot of interesting people who gather each week to be an inquiry and dialogue on living the spiritual life. We're all on the spiritual path, growing in our understanding of ourselves and others, and moving from being complainers to being empowered to simply being. We know that we can't change the world unless we change ourselves. Welcome to The Forum. Welcome to the Spiritual Forum, everyone. I am here with a very interesting guest. His name is Dr. Ivan Figueroa Otero, and he's a retired pediatric surgeon who now explores Eastern philosophies that emphasize a holistic concept of disease, such as emphasis on disease prevention and modification of lifestyles. He was one of the first physicians to become certified in medical acupuncture in Puerto Rico training in traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture with professors from University of Seville. He is currently certified in medical acupuncture nationally. Dr. Figueroa Otero is also the author of the School of Life trilogy with the books. First one is Spirituality 101 for the dropouts of the School of Life. Then there's Spirituality 102 for the disconnected from the School of Life and Spirituality 103, the Forgiveness Code. His recently published fourth book, Reflections in My Magical Mirror, which is Spirituality 104, encourages readers to remember that every difficult experience is a lesson of love. Welcome, Dr. Ivan Figueroa Otero.
1: It's very, it's entertaining to hear somebody talk about you. For me, one of the most difficult times in life is allowing people to give me you know, something say good about me. That I was very, it made me stiff. It stiffened me out, and I and I'm still starting trying to learn why is that. But it was very difficult to hear somebody praising me. Um, I'm still working on that. It's strange. It's like probably lack of self-confidence in ourselves that allows Why can't we take a compliment? I say one of the most difficult things in this life is allowing yourself to be loved not to love that's one that i keep repeating in my books it's the most difficult part of knowing that and the process as a minister you understand very well i use i use the bible but i um, my roots started as a kid when my mom um almost a minister and she was a christian fundamentalist and she raised me by reading the bible remember the little kid's bible with little pictures and all that she read me the Bible and showed me the pictures. And for me, it was marvelous. I I remember those days in the in the in the uh, rocking chair and she was telling me, I think she read at least twice to me. And um I even at some times I grew older I argue with her. But some of the things I said, why would God allow that? So a little silly question like that. That's a she, good question. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I said, like, Yeah, I didn't understand that. And and through the life, she always said, you know, someday you will be able to benefit. From this um, reading, reading to you, and thank God, thank to that universal being that takes care of us, that she did it because I never really read the Bible in that manner afterwards. I've read it, it's portion, but never like that. And most of the insight that I've gotten from the Bible has been from relearning and relooking at the Bible through what I learned in other religions. Because I went through many paths, like you did. And one of the most important paths, I spent almost 20 to 25 years studying Tibetan Buddhism with a, one of my loving teachers. And that path brought me back to the Christian view. It's interesting. You know, I was I wanted to get away from the Bible, fundamentalism. but finally, I sat down. And I integrated the teachings of the Buddha with the teaching of Christianity. That's what I did in my book. Basically, if you read my book, when you do, I hope you do, uh, it's, it's, it's a balance of two views. It's spirituality and science, which you understand. Yes. And Christianity, Occidental philosophy versus Oriental philosophy. What people find are disjointed. They're not disjointed. They have to be together. Like the spirit has to be together with the body. physical. Right. Yeah. I don't see any problems with duality. Duality is beautiful. Duality is fun to be able to see the contrast of you changing and learning from within ourselves. Because one of the problems that people think they want to learn from other people and the books and things and teachings and, and they want to learn every, everything. When I look for, for my own enlightenment if there's such a thing, I always look for this magical phrase for the magical thing that a teacher would tell me and boom here i am and it never happened and it has been a slow step-by-step process of discovering that nature within me that's what my teacher managed to show me that it was a slow discovery of inner path it, my books are inner paths inner views, inner ways. If you go into my book, spiritually one 103, it's a tough little book. It's going to look into your shadow. Like I say, you got to find the light within our shadows. And all of us, whoever is free of sin, throw the first stone. There's no such a thing. There's no such a thing. There's no such a physical being that has never thrown, done something wrong within their own minds and so i'm learning and i never stop learning for the fact that i can learn from others in the process of living learning is not a process only from my own self it's within me but i gotta look within other beings so if i like to love myself like the bible says love thyself love that neighbor. I have to learn myself or allow love to God, God to love me to discover the inner treasures that I have. That's what my teachers taught me.
0: So you're, so we have teachers. I I do agree. We have teachers out there, but the teachers out there uh, would, would be showing us to go inside and reflect,
1: reflect the teachers inside. Reflect
0: the teachers inside. And then, and then I also teach all about the shadow work. And it's like you've, you've, you've got to shine the light on the shadow within integrate that and and that's part of our evolution i am interested in you mentioned how your mom raised you with the bible but then you looked at the eastern the buddhism and that many that, years later many years later but then when you come back to the bible did you did you see the bible differently through the eyes of the eastern religion
1: yeah i I've, I've i've found a very deep message that I call a, a, a spiritual psychology that Jesus taught us. It's a, the, the, wise, the wisdom of Jesus, is, it's a, it's a, I can't describe it. When you sit down and you see it from that pattern, it's simple. About three or four phrases of the Bible, you can cover the whole New Testament. Mm-hmm. It, it's not complex. But then you fill it up with little things around it, and you get lost within the trees, you know, within the forest, and you don't find the tree. Yeah, that's probably maybe the problem, the human factor within the Bible. I think all books have a human factor. And we have to consider that this is a very special book. It's a scripture. And it's a teaching from the heart of God. But. Every so, everything that man touches, and it really
0: gets a little confusing. We complicate it, yeah. So, what what do you what do you think your your ba- the basic message of the New Testament is? You said they're very simple. What do you, what, what, is, what are the simple messages to you?
1: I would say the basic is allow yourself to be loved, learn to let other people love you. And to that, then the second message, to be understand that you have to learn to forgive yourself. And the forgiveness code basically is made that I have to remove the guilt created by my upbringing, my software program called personality, that they have brought me up to be, that person they Even my mom uh, influenced me. I was going to be a special person, whatever it is. You know, moms, always see the kids are the the best guys in the world. And uh, learning to adapt that you may disappoint yourself in the process of meeting those goals somebody put upon you, frustrations, you have to learn to forgive yourself. Do you understand the path of learning or discovering is uh, earned by the learning experience of suffering but suffering i call lessons of love because as i look in my life i look backwards first i stepped away from christianity i got to college i got disappointed i was raised the tradition you know you ask for god and he will take care of everything and if you do things well with god and you negotiate with god he will give you whatever i had i was raised in a dysfunctional family a alcoholic father a most of my brothers were alcoholic. One was a drug addict. My mom was a great Christian, a very strong addict. I used to travel her all over the island giving uh, sermons to other people. And but I felt disappointed by the teachings they gave me of God that was too, too humanized, too human, too determined too subjective, and too adapting. He would love some, he would not love them. He would take sides. and That God did not belong in my mind. Mm-hmm. And as I went through asking for help, I never heard that, the answer. And then I promised to do this, and I promised to do that, and everything came through. So I frustrated, and then I said, well, maybe it doesn't exist. Right? So I decided just to lay it back in the back burner. I'll check that out later. <laughs> I didn't say it didn't exist. I say, perhaps it doesn't exist. It on but hold. I, was scared, but I, I was I was scared enough to really say, you have to be brave to say, that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I admire atheists because they really learn to question that. I have a, a, an essay agree, about atheism, yeah. which is very good. They question that, but I, also, I was afraid to question that. Because to question it, at least you have to study so I said, okay, I'm going to put it in a hole. But life, like the good shepherd, I was a stray sheep, but he would never let go of me. He kept calling me and calling me by different experiences in life. And now I understand him now. As I look back, I see the beauty, the way he, the way that he, that's a macho thing. It's not a he. It's a energy without uh, sexuality. I'm sorry, gender. That would call me in a different way, reminder. And the reminder sometimes we're not so happy. I went through difficult times in my life, sickness, difficulties, whatever, many things. I don't want to go into that. But those things now I look, look back and I find the beauty how it managed to remind me on the way. Remember the middle way in Buddhism? Mm-hmm. I make a drawing to my patients and I say, okay, we're supposed to, we're born here and that's our fine point. Let's say I get to be 90, and this is a straight line. I'm supposed to go that way, right? No way. My path is a six-sagging pattern, and the six-sagging pattern in the youth year is very big. One to this side, bump here, come back to the middle, and uh, I'm going to try it again. Big 6 side pattern. Then you really deviate it from the middle way. And finally, as I learned from my lessons of love, the suffering the empathic suffering, I use that term the other interviewer, empathic suffering because suffering makes you empathic. You're human, I live, I suffer, I cry. And at the beginning, when you're a scientist, you become godlike. you know that, and everything is science and I can think things out. There's nothing I cannot reason and use rationalism for. And then you learn slowly. To soften that hardness. And you be, become soft in your heart. And then you allow, I say, the right brain to wake up. And he said I was just a left brain guy all the time. I was like a robot. <laughs> I remember.
0: Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about that because you the thing that's so interesting about you is you're 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 a doctor. You're you <laughs> so everything that you've talked about so far is not what most doctors talk about. I mean, most most physicians don't. Talk about the spiritual, I, and not in my experience certainly.
1: Because they're afraid.
0: Yeah. So
1: you you were. But they don't want. They don't want to lose. They they think they can control the universe. Right. Right. They become godlike. I was a pediatric surgeon. I would tell my my patient I used to float in the halls. I didn't walk. I floated around, you know, like a spirit around the. Wars and showing people and teaching my residents, and this is the way I do it, and blah, blah, blah. I really felt godlike. I think most doctors do. <laughs> and, and I was insensitive to the suffering of humanity and my patients and the moms. I share, I'll give you an experience how I, he, God gave me a little call back into the, into into the sheep. Uh, my last kid. I had three daughters, no, my next to last kid. It was a girl, and uh, her name was Berta. And at one month of age, she developed hemophilus meningitis. One of the worst meningitis there is. These kids, most kids don't recover well. They have brain damage. They have residual uh, knowledge, uh, uh, conceptual learning. So when that happened to me, it really shook me up. And I had no instruments to control. I cannot, with a surgery, take out the little bugs, antibiotics. I even tried to do a cut down access of the vein. I was so nervous. I couldn't do it. I'm a pediatric surgeon. I couldn't do it with my daughter. I was frustrated. And at one time in that experience, I saw her very sick, brain swollen, and I had a front of my taking care. I said, please, for the first time in years, I said, please, God. Give me soup and give me a hand. That's all I said. For the first time, I asked, and two times in my life I've done that. One, I was in surgery. I did it many times. But then I did it the two first time I was in surgery and that time. And then I let go. I had to let go. I didn't have the power to heal my little daughter. And I let go. Thanks, passed by. Pass. The good ending is that she healed almost In less than 24 hours, the fever was down. She started recovering. Is that a miracle? I don't know what a miracle is. But it's something in my heart that brought joy to my heart. And brought faith again to go back and look for the word and look for God again. And then she recovered. And she is, she became the number one student in Georgetown University. Mm. So she didn't have any complications. So what do you think?
0: You talked about the duality. Um, so, so okay, here, let me just share my perspective. As my perspective is that that we are created out of God or that we are the, out of the divine, and we are of that same energy, and our bodies are like the temple of, of of God. They're the temple of the divine. So what do you think illness is and what do you think healing is?
1: Uh, I think illness are... Come as the mistakes of not knowing how to take care of the body. You mentioned the duality. But first, I am what I am. I like not to define what God is, because it's undefinable. Mm-hmm. I am what I am. What like He said when, they, when Moses asked Him, "I am what I am," and that's that's wisdom there. That's the Buddha talking. You can't define me. You can feel me and you'll see me in the thousand ways that God was calling the Bible. I think it was 86 names, I think. Maybe it's taken. you know that more than that, but 86 ways. And the way, the more they define God, the more they scripted it. God is the healing. God is the forgiver. What is that? So we're scripting God and we're trying to make him limiting. So then one of my, in my books, I say, the name of God is so huge. I cannot taste it. I cannot taste it or swallow it. It's too big for me to swallow. When I do that, I have to cut into little pieces and there's a little piece that then I can swallow. That's my God. <laughs> if I'll cut it with you and you take a little piece and that'd be your God. So God is so immense. There are as many gods as men conceptualize so that concept is the ampleness the way God adjusts to beings but it doesn't mean it just means it's infinite and the only way to learn God is to share your view with others who feel different than you, that's tolerance in religion, we so, have to live together and yeah. share that
0: so what what is, why do we get ill then, because we, we don't know
1: that Okay, we get ill. And for me, I believe in the cause in the law of cause and effect, which they call it karma, which I, I don't like the word too much. It's too oriental. Cause and effect is good. <laughs> yeah, but I call it the law of love because the purpose of that cause and effect is to correct your way and go back into the middle. So the, the reason for our learning is to get go and join, enjoy yourself. It's... Uh, a reminder that you're here for a purpose. And our purpose here in this universe, where I write in my books and most recovery, is that we come here to discover the beauty and the love in the creation process, which we call creation and I call discovery. I think we discover God's creation. Plato said that when he talked about the archetypes. All we do is discover, and then we claim it as ours. When I look, when I write a book, I say, it's my book. But is it my book? In my book, is the experience of my mom, my teachers, the Bible, the verses I reference, all the other... My book is full of other people's knowledge. My experience. Then goes my experience with other beings. So with other beings, I could not learn. By myself, I cannot learn if I don't have the sharing attitude. So... Everything we see is, is a complex holographic universe, hologram. What happens here affects the other. Remember, he says, whatever you do to one of mine, you do it to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. So That's a hologram. That's, uh, the universe is a hologram. Jesus was a hologram. God is a hologram, but we belong to that. Now, why we do we get sick? Because we don't understand. Let me do it the way I tell my patient. Very practical. Okay. When you buy a new car, they take you to the car, they give you a manual instructions and a certificate of guarantee. And then they say, okay, here you go. This is the steps you have to do. And the manual tells you what gas to use, what oil to use, the maintenance and all that, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then, if you don't do it right, they make such modern cars that the cars will go and you know, goes check engine, check engine, check engine, whatever it is. And what's going on here? And the engine, you see the gas is too full, the oil is okay, but it's check engine. So you go to the computer system to the dealer and they'll connect to the computer, and then he will find out the cause of why is your lights changing up, lighting up. And he'll check everything. And he'll say, well, you know, I checked everything. There's nothing mechanically wrong with your car. Then he said, what kind of gas are you putting in there? Regular or pink? <laughs> and what kind of oil? I use recycled oil. So then the check engines are the alarms that you're not following the manual of instructions. Okay, let's go out to man. And what is man? Man is the best automobile ever made it's got the best computers it's got the best things and you need the best fuel and where's the manual instructions is in our genes our gene pool has got all the history of humanity up back to the first man whoever that was religion says it's you adam, adam adam whatever somebody says it but it's there it's in my genes it's in your genes your history share with mind, the body, so we're not separate in body sense. it's all in our genes. And the gene says, okay, the best thing to do for your body is you have to have premium fuel. And in my concept, premium fuel is vegetarian food. Okay? Yeah, I teach my patients. And then vegan food, number one, premium this is a little higher than premium. I'm vegan. <laughs> I'm vegan too. I'm a strict vegan, and and I teach my patients that if you don't give them the right fuel, then the check engines, which are the symptoms in your body appear. For me, symptoms are the alarms of your misgivings to what you're doing wrong. This toxicity that we do by bringing the wrong fuel is toxic. The body reacts to it and we have a computer that is very sensitive and then symptoms appear. But why some people get sick in one manner or the other one? Because the gene pool tells you, how are you going to react? Remember the sins of the father that we reached?
0: Yeah, generation,
1: yeah. But that's what's in the gene pool. The sins are the wrong actions of my ancestors.
0: Yeah, I think the other thing that we're also, I think we are also not in tune with our own intuitive I mean, I think if we were really in tune with our bodies, we would know what to feed it, you know, but we're we're so out there getting McDonald's and junk food and oils and meat and all the stuff that we're 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 trained to eat, and we think that we want that. But I always tell people if if i th- I think we're so disconnected with what our from our bodies that we don't even know what our bodies are asking for, and so we give it the wrong fuel, like you
1: say. Well that's the symptoms are yeah. the results.
0: Right. The symptoms
1: You say why one gets some more civilization different? Because it's their. their gene pool, yeah. Right. The right. The gene pool decides that. But then we have epigenetic styles, which you probably heard about it. Epigenetics is how we can influence functionally the gene pool. So the good things come into my body and not the bad things. So we can change our life around. That's why being a vegan, you should notice I'm 77 years old. And some people put that look at 60 or 58. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> yeah, I'm 77 years old. And you can tell I have quite a lot of energy, at least in my mind. The body doesn't go the way it did, but in my mind, I'm very energetic. I'm multitasking at 77 years old. I've already written two books. They're ready to be published. I'm, I'm sorry, I have the 201 the 202 are written, and the 203, which is going to be the last of this trilogy, is going to come. So I'm already planning what to do for the next time. And all come because I feel energetically, I feel driven by my own heart, and I find things to do which are constructive, I would like to say, inclusive. If I do inclusive actions... It's our universe. When I do exclusive action, this is mine; that is yours. Mm-hmm. And then we do clubs. You no, know, this is my club, and you don't. Uh, you don't like this. You like cars. You come here. You like motorcycles. You go there. And here's two guys, who are there, but they're separated. And we have to live inclusively to feel loved. First, with myself, and then I can share the other Forgiveness, safe. in my books, I say is understanding understanding of our mistakes because nobody's perfect. When do we make more mistakes in our youth year when we're young? If you look back, most of the big ones I did were in my youth years because I thought I knew it all. And my mom would tell me things, oh, mom, God, I, God, leave that on That's a bunch of baloney. <laughs> but now I understand why my mom used to say it is at those times that we create most of our mistakes. Remember what God said the most wisdom wise words for that DNA when he said please father forgive them for they do not know what they do then it reminded me of the Buddha that's what the Buddha says our suffering is because of ignorance Mm -hmm. ignorance is one of the three tenets of Buddhism that creates suffering and I said but why what is it that I don't understand then my teacher says we don't understand that we are all born with the seed of the Buddha or the Christ it's all within us but well, you gotta nurture it, harvest it by learning in life. Be empathic and suffering. Suffering is part of our
0: so if somebody comes to you as a doctor, do you do you do you talk to them in these ways that that it's 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 the fuels as the, the food, but also the spiritual part and the forgiveness and the My
1: patients understand me perfectly well because I dedicate three hours of my first visit to each patient. Okay, that's very unusual. I don't do volume. no, but yeah. I'm very successful. I'm until yeah. March, but uh, I get to talk to them. They feel somebody pays attention. I let them talk, I talk to them, then I show them what they how are creating their disease. And I talked about epigenetics, and how we can't Then I didn't give them hope. I don't give them false hope. I say you can improve yourself and get yourself to a new state of being, which is wellness. But what's wellness at seventy is different than wellness at forty, you understand? But they feel hopeful. I I see really people heal in my office.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, you're taking a systems approach. You're taking you looking at the whole person as a system, as a spiritual being, a physical being, yeah, and um uh and a mental being. And I'm I'm really interested in what you're because you were trained as an allopathic or doctor, or Western medicine. So Western medicine. I, I have a bias. I will be very clear. I have a bias against Western medicine. Um, I, I think that there's places for it. But I think that, for example, in America, we have a lot of very unhealthy people. And you go to a doctor and you have.
1: Wait, I thought you said wealthy people, or unhealthy
0: people. Un- unhealthy. Unhealthy people. Unhealthy. I said unhealthy.
1: Yes. <laughs> I think they both go together.
0: They both go together. They can both go together, although there's also unhealthy, not wealthy. But there's a there's is a problem. There's this high blood pressure. There's heart disease. There's cancer. There's all of this. And the doctors take that, that, that diagnosis or those symptoms and then apply a chemical to it.
1: And there's no real... Check engines. They put out the check engines in your car. They don't treat the cause. They put out the check engines.
0: They take off the check. En- so, oh, so what you're saying is the medicine turns the check engine light off. Is that what you're saying? Right, 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 right. That's a really great analogy. The the so so now I'm not hearing the alarm, but I'm taking medicine. I don't hear the alarm, and I'm not even the doctor isn't even uh, taking into account the whole system. Like how is this going to affect? other parts of my body, and how is it going to affect, you know, everything else? So there's this targeted approach, and I feel like it's kind of like a, it's, it's almost like a drone strike that you think you're going to take out what you want to take out, but you blow everything up, and then your body's
1: left kind of... Physicians, my dear colleagues, do not know what they do. They're trained and programmed yes. to, to confuse disease with symptoms, Yes. and then they are driven by pharmacology, which yes. treats the symptom <laughs> mainly. Right. And then there's no other medicine but pharmacological medicine. A physician, you can medicine would take my license if I would say I can heal people by by nutritional changes. I cannot do that. If I would say cancer can be healed, they would criticize me and they affect my license because cancer cannot be healed according to them. But I've seen it can be treated. <laughs> the people. I see, no, I've seen 100 people. So I tell my patients, come. let's say a terminal case, it comes to my office, and I see a lot of uh, terminal cases, and it comes to like for Hope, and I say, listen, if the doctor tells you that you have a one, or your case has 2% of survival, I would say, are you going to go into the 98% or are you going to go into the 2%? So I tell them, you focus on the 2% that survive, forget about the 98% that die. So that's my hope. You can be there. Statistically, you cannot say all cancer will die. You can only say a percentage of them will die. And some recover, I've seen people, miracle recoveries. I've seen that, even my own patients. So you got to give people the opportunity to feel they can heal. Opportunity. Hope. Faith, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't mean you're gonna, you know, take advantage of them. And I don't heal patients. I teach my patients to find their health or their wellness within their own capacity. So I give them a lot of, I give them homework, 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 the school of life, homework. And this is your homework. And then next time they come back, okay, what have you done? How are you doing with the diet? How are you doing with this? How are you doing with your animals? How are you doing with your exercise that's homework i make him do homework and but that's important but what medicine what, when i give him acupuncture I say you know what one medicine that needle had it may feel so good and it made me feel so great and relaxed there's no medicine it's only here lots of love in my intention <laughs>
0: yeah
1: lots of love in my intention that's all you have there so it's I mean, i'm a crazy physician people my colleagues say i'm crazy But my patients think I really know what I'm doing. And I have no need to have thousands, thousands of patients to claim that I can help them No, one at a time. One at a time gets better, understands, corrects the bad, you know, the uh, uh, bad styles. And I'm happy. If you correct your lifestyle, what you call repentance, right? Repentance. And then the body will forgive you hmm
0: It's beautiful. Yeah. So that's healing.
1: You start removing the bad toxins, the bad emotions, the guilt, and the bad gas, the animal stuff, then the body responds to you with love. It's, just, it's, a, it's a duality of, you know, treat me well and
0: I'll treat you back well. You're describing kind of healing as a forgiveness process. Like the healing of the body is the body forgiving... You know whatever.
1: Right, everything is forgiven, but it's understanding. There's a new relationship between you and your body. Yeah, become buddies. You become buddies, and we work together. Me, my mind, my spirit, and my body become together. It's come the, the real trilogy, the real trinity is that. When you get together, those three beautiful parts of creation, because we are part of the trinity. We are a trinity. And we have to understand that. And uh, I am not a church goer. I I, I cannot say I'm a Buddhist anymore. I I stopped using terms of religion. I I was a Buddhist practitioner with a great being, a great teacher that guided me into finding. He told me someday you find your inner path and nobody will take you away from that. But the inner path was undefined. And I see it now. My books are a reflection of his teachings. And he taught me how to think, many think. How to be how to stop being judgmental with myself and other beings. Think, think simple like that. Don't be judgmental. Don't judge yourself. Don't mistreat yourself. Don't create guilty. Guilt. Guilt. Guilt, in one of my phrases, says is a obsolete word in the dictionary of love. I love that mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an obsolete word in the tree of love. It doesn't exist in the mind of that beautiful cosmos or creator. It doesn't exist. He just allows the universe. He, the, the, God is a great facilitator for us to learn within his creation. But he does not really play us like little marionettes. No, 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 no. He lets this go. Let the go. Uh, we make our path as we walk. Sometimes they're very nice paths, some they're very rocky, sometimes we look the wrong way and we have to return and start again. Um, one of my other phrases is, many paths, all paths lead to heaven, but not at the same time. We cannot compare manuals. We have to learn from each other and be patient enough for others to go, this especially with our kids and sons and Grandkids, we have to learn that patience because God has been patient with me. I mean, man, I was a really difficult case. (laughs) (laughs) I was a really difficult case, and if we manage to speak into my heart, or she, (laughs) whatever, into my heart and awaken me that seed of Christ or the seed of the Buddha that's within me, anything can happen. For me, nobody is discardable. There's no unforgiving human being. There's no e- permanent evil. There's lack of understanding of our goodness. Please, Father, forgive them for they do.
0: They do know what they're doing. That's a, that's a really good thing to continually remember. So um, I have this thought, and I've written about it, I, I think that the way we have been trained to think about illness and contagion and medicines and vaccines and all of that, I, I, I feel that that comes out of a battle-war paradigm, like there's something that needs to be killed, something outside of me that came into me that I need to annihilate. I need to get a war. I need to get, get all of my army together. and We need to fight and I feel like that's old that's an old paradigm. And because we're still stuck
1: in that paradigm, all we can see is germs and it's like that's irresponsible health because you're blaming others for your disease. Right, right. That's a- something it's coming, for example, a patient with uh, with I see a lot of patients with uh, panic attacks. And the physicians, when they ask him, the psychiatrist, we really don't know where it comes from. I think it's a spontaneous phenomenon that occurs in people, could be genetically. I say, no, 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 no. Those are repressed fears from your past. Those are hidden little small parts of your person you have jailed inside your guilt. They live within you. And they're yelling at you or calling you, get me out of here. So these panic attacks are created by subconscious fears. I treat that very easily. I treat panic cat very easily. I treat them with acupuncture. I talk to them. Are they really? And they can't believe it. So this is not something that comes from the outside. No, this is come from your fears. And let's talk. Tell me about your life. And then I begin to talk.
0: I right. But do you think also that, because I I actually think that this idea that there's some enemy that can enter my body. Yes, panic attacks, was even like a germ, or even like, or even like cancer. Like there's something that's come that, that needs to be destroyed, and and I I feel like that I don't feel like healing is going to happen if we destroy tissues or destroy parts of ourselves that we have to. Um, and, and I think medicine is that. I think medicine is often the the
1: army that you know come in and go fight that because they treat they treat the symptoms and the diseases with the symptoms, but they remove things. They wanna change things physically. They work in the material world. They don't believe anything disease occurs anywhere but the material world. So they use that technical surgery thing. Even acupuncture is in the material world, but I do. My intention is not material, but we work with the material world, but I don't, the sense for me is I'm not healing the body. I'm integrating the functions of all the parts of the body into unison, harmony. But the physicians keep taking things out and treating you and fighting you. Also, the physicians promote disease, not health. I'm sorry to say that. Because without disease, without disease, the medical establishment would fall down. What would happen if everybody became vegan? (laughs) If people start eating well and you don't have to kill animals, what would happen to the animal industry? Then, is, what happens if you, everybody eliminates milk, uh, processed milk, and all processed milk? Then, this disease, and what would happen to the hospitals? They would go bankrupt. <laughs> what would happen what, to physicians? What happens if we're all healthy? You know, and, and, and then, all well, healthy, then you don't need physicians. I say, my office, I keep people, you know, my office is always empty, apparently. Maybe two persons there, the next time, three persons in my office is a crowd in my office and people who come to my office oh my god this physician was really doing bad right (laughs) and they go to another guy's in the Rogers office and here in Puerto Rico the office are 20 30 persons in the in the office and these people you check back every week they're the same ones the same ones the same ones right that's why it's dropped out of the regular medicine I got frustrated I was in the same page.
0: I was gonna ask you, so is that is that why you dropped out? If you stopped, you sh- what what caused that shift?
1: Not in my case, not in my case, because I did a lot of surgery, congenital surgery, I was very satisfied with that. I could okay. Correct something that had to be correct. Right. Right. But I got frustrated because I was not fulfilling the whole talent that I had. I was doing part of it. It's like, I think it was a karmic process that occurred, bam, and it finished, and then I said, What am I doing here? At 61 years old, I was not happy. I had to get up. I was not happy to get up and doing a appendectomy at 2 o'clock in the morning. I didn't like that at all. Ten years ago, wow, I'm really great. I would love doing that. <laughs> and that was said, no way. I spent three hours in the ER, and then, and then I get home, and I sleep two hours. Then I go, no, nah, that's no way for me. It got to the point that it was not fun. And then I stopped doing the real surgery I wanted to do when I removed from the academic medicine. was doing reconstructive surgery in children, which was uh, congenital defects and all that was mine. that's really challenging. But after that, doing little hernias and doing that, it became really unsatisfying. I didn't feel fulfilled. The money was okay. I didn't mind that. (laughs) But the problem is there was something needed in me. And then karmically, things will happen. And it happened things will happen and i took my decision to switch over i was 61 years old when i quit and i really quit i didn't do it in transition i just went boom i'm going to go for this and i closed surgery and it was difficult times for transition you know the income and all that but I had enough reserves. I thought I could live the rest of my life, which is false. (laughs) There's never enough. There's no retirement plan that will take you for the rest of your life. (laughs) You see those commercials? Right, right. Yeah, plan B. (laughs) That doesn't work. It doesn't exist. How much are you going to spend? No way.
0: But did you want to retire?
1: It sounds like you
0: were still moved to continue to express yourself.
1: I found that less was more because I saw more people. I stopped Reasoning, and I start developing my intuitive powers, and my intuition guided me from then on. I become very intuitive. Uh, I can tell what's going to happen. I can tell what's going on in my patient's thing, and I can't tell you. I cannot tell you why. But I can point, and I start talking to the patient, and he looks at me. How come you start talking about that? I don't know. Tell me. I'm sorry, and they feel open to tell me things they would not tell the psychiatrist. I hear everything because I really don't judge him. Mm -hmm. I learned that from my teacher. And I had to be like my teacher told me, don't judge him. Give him a break. Give him opportunity. That's what I do in my practice. I really feel joyful. I write that in my books. And I don't know what's going to happen when I finish, I say, my last book. The 301 is going to be the second trailer. I have to start the trilogy somewhere, you know, trilogy. <laughs> the trilogy so, is three. Three years three, and then I'm going to stop in the, the 203. Two, two, and that's it, I think. I don't know. You may surprise what I can do. Something will pop up. Uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah. What do you think? What do you think is going uh I don't know if you want to cover this because I know it's a very sensitive topic and there's a lot of emotion around it.
1: Go back to medicine and let me tell you, tell you about my new concept, holographic medicine. Ask me about that in a couple of minutes.
0: Okay, I'll ask you about that in a couple of minutes. I'm interested in what you think is going on with the world and COVID and, and all of that. And what do you think all of that is?
1: And oh, uh oh, I think you're going to get me in trouble here.
0: I was going to say, you don't have to ask, you don't have to answer it.
1: Physicians cannot talk about COVID. <laughs> We're not there to talk about COVID. I'm strained. I've been really limited. How can you say COVID? It's a very delicate, but let me, it happens. I know it is. It's, it's a world experience. It's a law of cause and effect. In every karmic process, is always collective. I always thought it was individual. It's not individual. Whatever happens to me will affect you and vice versa. So we're living in a collective consciousness. And the collective karma is creating, this is created by us. This is created by, me- by medical care. This is created by antibiotics. This is created by vaccines. This created by all these things we're doing for therapy. We can't connect how it happens, but it's the natural result. If we, some people, I heard theories that germs are not bad. They were not bad until we made them bad and viruses and it's okay right. they're part of, they, they say, live we in our come, bodies come from viruses we come from viruses mm-hmm. our dna comes from viruses you know mm-hmm. um, so we've done something with them That were created the problem of disease so it's being a disharmony that we created we with living with these organism, and we created that reaction to them Antibiotics, bad care, I don't know, bad forestry techniques, whatever. I'm not an expert in all. It's a big system thing, yeah. It's a big system. It's a Mm -hmm. big system all around. So anything, disease is a process of restructuring our universe. Disease is the symptoms. Disease is the alarms. So the only way we can get better is by paying attention to the causes of disease and not eliminating the symptoms right right i handle them so it's not a vaccine for every disease i mean have you ever seen i have to say I hope they don't put me in jail uh, have you ever seen such a bad vaccine as this vaccine i mean i never heard this is the only vaccine you gotta revaccinate every six months it, there's something very, very not right about many bo- <laughs> how many boosters you're going to need. And it doesn't make sense to me because I studied vaccinations and many of the vaccines last years and cover you for years. How many vaccines do you have to have every two in your life? The problem is that this vaccine is odd. Yeah, there's something very strange. Yeah. It's strange. And it's yeah. uh, made. Uh, I don't know if it's made not to function <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. How can we be so stupid to make a vaccine that only lasts six months?
0: Or oh, that doesn't really stop anything. Yeah.
1: And how many vaccines already do the same? Now they're mixing vaccines. I say no, this is not good enough. You have to take one of these and do these. And I said, no, that is really got me. That's that's
0: playing the God, right? That's really playing God that we can Are you, do... Are you
1: talking about a certain doctor that comes out on TV all the time? That starts with <laughs> Nick, like my last... Yes. Yes, like I'm talking God?
0: about I'm talking about uh, yeah. him.
1: <laughs> but
0: but the other thing is people give up their power to these authorities. So that that's you know that
1: somebody can't really play God unless you give up because your... we are codependent. Yeah. That is a codependency. Right. This is a codependency. Like, uh, it's the way it is. You in two parts of the, for example, in one of the books, say spiritual lanes. Spiritual lanes are people who need other people to go their lives. There is the cane or the crutch, and the spiritual guy uses the crutch. But the crutch is important because it's needed by the spiritually lame person. So both are part of the equation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the crutch and, and the, the lame. sick. Yeah. And they just depend. They can't live by themselves. So we create that. So we use people who are weaker to make ourselves feel better mm-hmm. because we make them dependent on us. So the modern medical system is making us very codependent. I, I see economically, that. Yeah. Economically, the news is joining the fight. The news reels are joining this codependency, they're helping. They're promoting.
0: So it it goes back to you know, to, we if we knew who we were, we are the powerful spiritual beings. If if we really remembered who we were, and if we sound like
1: my first book, my God, you're talking about my first book. <laughs> who we are, where we come from, where we're going. Right. If we knew who we were, if we knew how
0: powerful we were,
1: then then remembering is the way back. What we have to remember is our path downwards to this physical world. We come from multidimensional universes. We come from different light systems. Here, I'm talking like a guru. And uh, we come down in experiments of learning, consciousness level. We come down in consciousness levels, and then we reach the lower, which is the time. Time is a lower consciousness level the time, three times where we are. And then we're learning all the way. But every one of the consciousness of the universe has to come to this earth, to this physical earth. This is the best schoolroom there is. And there's a big jam trying to get in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I... But, uh, so we have so, to
1: remember our way down to get back. And we lost our way.
0: I I, I hear that. And I think that if we... If we stood in our power and who we really were, we would not give up our power to these authorities. We would not be codependent on authorities and medical systems and, you know, these government officials and everybody who's telling us what we need to do for our bodies because we would know, right?
1: We we have disconnected from yes. the source.
0: Yeah, we've disconnected we're from the source.
1: We yeah. we're making an alternative god. Yeah. So we're giving the power of God to beings in the world. Right. We make gods like that doctor you mentioned. We right. give the power, it's
0: God. Or or quote science. You know, science. We now science is a God. <laughs> and
1: to people who control money, people yeah. who control the system. We've lost control. And yeah. then we believe that we're dependent on them. Right. They are controlling us. Right. And this is not get better for a while gonna go on to the major crisis. We can tell what's going on. I
0: I I I completely agree. We're on the same page. We're really on the
1: same page. I but I feel hopeful because I know that we have the resources and God, the beautiful harmony of the spirit will always win the battle.
0: Absolutely, no doubt. No matter
1: what happens, the battle's won. But the bad, the bad people haven't realized it
0: yet. <laughs> yeah, the the chess game's over. We just, the, I, I I saw something that the chess game's over. There's a few more moves.
1: Somebody's got to flip the flip the yeah, uh, king down. <laughs> checkmate. Yeah. And uh, I think we're going to be checkmated many times in the next couple of years. Yeah, it's going to be interesting.
0: And we really have to, um, you know, I think I think the work that you're doing in the world to. Uh, you're doing jesus's work because remember he didn't heal people either he he showed people how to heal themselves
1: that's right it says uh you heal by your faith always oh, says at the end of the healers that you heal by your own faith but not by the capacity of the healer that's my next book emmanuel for therapists
0: I always thought if i wrote a, if I wrote a spiritual book, mine would be pick up your mat and
1: walk <laughs> <sighs> the the problem is that um, I wrote my first book when I was 70, and I have never written a book before. And you've got to read in, in my book how I wrote my first book. I got bombarded by the spirit. I got people come to my office and say, "When are you going to write your book? I say, what are you talking about? I mean, everybody wanted me to write a book. And that's mysterious. The, the words came to me. Mm-hmm. I write mm-hmm. by inspiration. I can write a book in two weeks.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. So speaking of your book, I, I wanted I was thinking of maybe um your latest book. I was thinking about um just The
1: Magical Mirror.
0: The magical mirror. I was thinking about just naming a couple of these um these chapters and having you talk about it. Would you do that?
1: Okay, go ahead. Go
0: ahead. Okay, like um number twenty four is death isn't the end of the story, it's just the beginning of another one.
1: Yeah, it I I talked to you that We we come from somewhere else. Where our consciousness becomes from the spiritual world, then we become a physical, a a spiritual conscious within the physical world. It's like coming into a jail. I find that we. I imagine when the spirit goes into the baby, and that must be hell at the beginning, Mm -hmm. because the mind is free. And then we have to wait and then your mom's got to pick you up and feed you and clean you up and you can't feed yourself and you need to. Food. So it's a, not a difficult what what worse condition can it be to a spirit to become physical? So that's a consciousness level. And we have to realize that when we die, we're being released. Mm hmm. And here we are, here's I can breathe better and better. And then whatever your potential as a spirit will become then. Whatever you did in life to deserve your new surfing experience will come. I don't know what's going to be, but it's going to be joyful and better. Call it heaven. I don't know. There's so many heavens in so many ways. In some books, there's seven heavens or eight heavens, whatever it is.
0: Well, I think you're just saying the release, the release of the spirit from the body is the a freeing. It's, it's a, freeing a, freeing a freeing It's
1: a freeing. But then we can see, we can see ourselves in a different perspective. We look at that experience. We don't judge it. At that time, we see, oh, this is bad. I got sick and I got born crippled, whatever it is. No, but when you release it, then you see the experience as fulfilling. Yeah. The way I look at my life now, I look at my past experience, which was very bad, and it's fulfilling, joyful. Yeah. I've got to be grateful for those things. So that's the way we look as a life afterwards. It's not necessarily reincarnation. I'm not getting into that subject which we can discuss another time yeah another time <laughs> uh, I, yeah but what I'm telling you is that it's the experience of openness
0: okay right right so yeah and that this fear of death that we have that drives so much of of <laughs> drives so much of our lives you know we have so much fear but if we just attachment. didn't have
1: attachment yes attachment
0: yes right yeah everything yes yeah okay so here's another 28. Um, the only thing you can see aging in the reflection of my magic mirror is the mirror itself
1: <laughs> oh that 's me that 's me I love that I, I, I said it the first time in one of my birthdays and what it means is i i 'm learning to look at myself with a kid 's eye i 'm looking at myself like a like a kid and as I look at myself as a kid i don 't age because i 'm a young spirit my spirit mm. is Really feels youthful, and I act differently. So I never see myself. I really don't see myself. Oh, when I look at my mirror, and I look at my mirror, the mirror ages, changes because it's physical. Mm. But my beauty is inner, and it doesn't change. I never age as a spirit. Beautiful. Only my body. So I look at myself. When I another phrase is when you look at the world, at the universe through the eyes of the spirit, all you see is love. Mm. I like that one. That's from my book. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Right. That is it. For me, I love that one.
0: Yes. Um, Okay, here's one. 32. There are no incurable illnesses, but some are more difficult to treat than others.
1: Right. I learned that from Chinese medicine. Chinese medicine doesn't know about cancer or psychiatric illness. They call syndromes. If you're schizophrenic, you got heat in your heart, you got this balance in your kidneys, whatever, make a diagnosis. And that can be accessed with acupuncture and So, If you have a cancer, they will classify you. Oh, you have a gene insufficiency. You have excess heat here. And they'll classify you. And they treat you. They say, I can't treat you. You have a disease that's incurable. It doesn't exist in Chinese medicine. They are correctable diseases. To what point you can correct the equilibrium is different, but the patient has hope. If I can extend a patient with acupuncture, lifestyles, lifetime, for a cancer, for eight to ten years, great for me. I feel great. And I allow them to understand the meaning of that and to relive life in a different manner. And also teach him how to take advantage of that ten years. Do I understand? Mm-hmm, hmm not just go for the bucket list mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta see it's a gift if I can extend my life in a non-harmful way my life and I get a chance to re- reconnoiter re-review my life and improve myself that's a blessing why do you want to compare yourself with a guy that lives to 80 years because you can live to 50 years, it's fine you understand death and dying in a different manner. So that's way, there's no incurable disease. <laughs> that's made by somebody who believes that, I don't believe that. I believe the diseases have treatment options. And also I tell my patient, there's a treatment option. Eh, but the success rate, I don't know, but I'm gonna give it a try. If you fall into that percentage that get better, oh, you're gonna feel happy. Mm-hmm. But- I give you a chance.
0: So Chinese medicine, I'm not. It, it, Chinese medicine is really about balancing the energy, of the yes. body, right? They, they don't.
1: They don't use the concept of pathology. They didn't have the science we have now. They call different syndromes and disease dis- disharmonies, and with that they work. And with that I understand. With that I can treat any disease because I don't look at a dermatology rash. Look at the Chinese medicine. Oh my God, look all the, for example, migraine headache, which acupuncture is the best word, let me tell you. Uh, could have at least 10 to 15 causes in Chinese medicine. Could be nutritional, could be allergic, the lung, it could be kidneys. So I will look at the balance. I will examine the patient. I will take his pulses, make a history. And then I'll approach him with the prominent imbalance I have to treat. And I start from the worst to the best. So I start treating the worst ones first. And then most patients improve. For example, I have patients that all they have is allergy to MSG. Mm. And physicians don't know that. They don't use that. I see migraine patients in one week, just taking the MSG off. What's MSG? Okay, look at your condiment now okay what does it say here what your your your, your accent feeding whatever you're using just MSG really just prepare your own seasoning please and they heal take away the milk products oh I take agree yeah so so I've seen migraine for me is a simple disease treat and also associated to anger and frustration migraine people Oh, they're tough ones. Have you seen them when they migrate? They're really difficult persons. You know, they want to resolve everything. They have their multitaskers to a point of breaking up into pieces. Schizophrenic to a point, and they have to cool down. They have to cool down their anger. The more you aspire, the higher your goals, the harder you're going to fall.
0: Interesting. <laughs> that, uh, that's all. Yeah, I will say that myself. When I gave up dairy. I I lost my lifelong allergies and my adult digestive issues. You know the stuff that I just kind of yeah. The I had I had um,
1: yeah everything was gone. Yeah, laryngitis, uh, sinusitis, all that go away, and constipation in some people.
0: Yeah, that's what, that's what my problem was. Yeah, that suddenly everything flows now without the dairy. Everything is everything is in flow without the dairy. It was it, it's stuff I've
1: lived with most of my life. I can explain it to my patient why. I, I have the understanding because I combine the Chinese medicine with modern medicine. This is what happens. And I make my own concoction. They understand me. All right, I have one more. Um,
0: before knowing God, this is number 43. Before knowing God, you must know yourself.
1: Yes, uh, when you know yourself, you discover God. Mm. <clears throat> so you cannot know God without knowing yourself. That came from the, the initiations at uh, Athens. I remember mm-hmm. the place was. And it said there was a big arch there that said, before you walk in here to this initiation, make sure you know yourself. That was part of the initiation right here. That's where I got that idea from. I think it was Delphus, Delphus. Mm. The Greeks in the And that's very important because you'll find God <laughs> when you look inside.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: right. And that's the, mean, that's the meaning of that, basically. Right.
0: right. Um, okay. So um, I think I want to wrap up now, but I want to give you the opportunity to say what you wanted to say. I know you had something to say about the holograms. You wanted me to remind you of that. Oh, about? yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, holographic medicine is that uh, means that all faces according to diseases. And the cause of the diseases appear the medical treatments, karmic. So some people will have to go through experience of suffering. If you have a cancer, go through the stages of chemotherapy, radio, and surgery. They will have to go there. That. And that's how medicine becomes part of this system. Everything is right. Modern medicine is great in trauma, great in cardiovascular diseases. You know, Some of the things are doing well. And they're important. We cannot survive with that treatment. So the thing is, know when to approach a therapy from the less harmful to the most harmful. You understand the concept? Mm -hmm. So holographic medicine says everything is in place. You got to find the way you want to heal. I speak about that. It's the holographic medicine. And then you will find it karmically. And karmically is cause and effect and you, if you have to go through a certain degree of suffering, years, you will have to go through that. And then, boom, something appears that will help you heal. I've seen that happen. Okay. Uh, so there's always hope. But sometimes you have to understand you have to use whatever becomes better for you. I cannot tell you which way to go. I never tell my patients that my way is the best. Right, right. They have to They have to choose their own path, right? I, I give you the alternatives, but mm-hmm. I tell then I ask him, why are you here? Have you tried? Oh, I tried this, I tried that. Tried that. Uh, I got a feeling you have not so much of a choice, right? So I'm the last hope? Then hear me out. <laughs> I tell them, hear me out. Because if I'm the last hope, you better pay attention to me. And they go, wow, let me pay attention to this guy. You understand right. my concept? They've right. been all over the place. They tried everything. And there's a lot of Commercial exploitation of sick people, including in alternative medicine, I'm sorry to say. Uh, so I, everybody has to do a bit in the dependent role. Alternative medicine can become very dependent. You have to be careful. Yeah. And so I, everything is needed. But some people will say, no, I'm not going to take any pharma. And then they take supplements and supplements and they go around taking supplements, but they still continue eating meat. I say, get out of my office! <laughs> right? <Just> say, You're <laughs> not doing your homework. <laughs> not get out of here! not get out of here! Because they want to use medicine, so they're substituting right. the supplements for the right way of living, and that's not my alternative medicine. For me, that's not alternative medicine. And then, no wonder they call them quacks, you know?
0: Right, right. And well, and if we eat, if we eat our natural diet, what our body needs, we don't need all those supplements. Do you think?
1: That's right. Right. Yeah, that's right. It depends on what stage in your life are. The older you are, the more you will need supplements because the more you have det- deteriorated your body. You understand? Mm. Uh, for example, at 60, your absorption of your gastrointestinal tract is not as efficient as at 30. So by that time, you may need digestive enzymes to supplement yourself. You understand? I do. But- Eating yeah, well. You're eating well; it will not result in the prime. In most cases.
0: Okay, so so you think aging really is a natural process? Like, there's not there's not something like the degradation is because uh, my degradation at sixty is not because at thirty and forty and twenty and you know I didn't I didn't take care of my body, so I, I have a degraded body at sixty. But if I hadn't all that time,
1: would I have? That's graceful aging, like me. You know, graceful aging. <laughs> no, everybody has to age, but it comes in your genes. Okay. Some right. people is- had long lives, but they have poor quality life in the other parts of the genes. Okay. They become Alzheimer's, lack of developing problems with arthritis. So it comes together. A package comes okay. long life with bad quality. And now when you eat bad, you wake up all those bad quality genes. Yeah, you accelerate the process. So when you eat well, you slow it down. Okay, got it. So you can do anti-aging. For me, anti-aging is the natural way of treating yourself well with love. That's all anti-aging. I don't believe in Botox and all those things. I don't ever use that. I don't believe that you can treat people with anti-aging medicine or or hormones, and that's going to make you more. It can make you sexier. Yes. (laughs) But it's going to make you happier. It can make you stronger. You can make big muscles. But is that going to heal your emptiness? Yeah. No. So, but love does, yes, right. Love, understanding, forgiveness, those yeah. are the best medicine that we have. Okay,
0: well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for everything. I'm sorry, I cut you off there. Do you have something else you want to say? No, no,
1: no, no I'm fine. Yeah, you did pretty well. I I, like do. I the think way I, I compared your interview, there were two different interviews. Uh, you brought out, you made me think and justify because you want to have the scientific people who see your program and the christian people understand it. so you made me talk in that manner the other one was more open and i just let go i became really different i was, that issue is like a crazy guy <laughs> this is more organized more structured i like it okay good you have it, you, your, your crowd is different you understand Yes,
0: yes, and and I like to I like to I like to make it kind of organic and see where we go. And you're really an interesting person uh, from so many ways because starting off as Western medicine doctor and going to Eastern medicine doctor and having this whole holistic approach with your patients. I don't think anybody who's listening has probably ever had a doctor that had their appointment be three hours long, and to also bring in all the spiritual and also they don't, all, they
1: don't believe it. Right, right, right. So and when they come here they can't believe it sometimes door i i have no hurry
0: yeah patient. i just i, I really
1: feel my i feel comfortable doing it that way and i'm doing okay economically
0: yeah when it's not your it's not your but i'm doing well yeah so you're, you're you, anymore you you awaken the healing agent within and um and you i think you're doing god's work so it's really really beautiful thank you so much for yeah, i think for joining you know, me. And,
1: Let's say we're doing our work.
0: We're doing our work.
1: God's work is our work. Yes. Yeah, sure. And you're doing your role. You may play the violin. I may play the little flute. But we have to make beautiful, harmonious music in the Universal Symphony.
0: Right. Like that? Yes, I do. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm going to put uh, all the links to your books and your web, web page and everything on the, the the webpage for this particular podcast episode. And Dr. Ivan Figueroa, I'm going to try it again. Figueroa
1: Otero. Oh, I like that. I like that. Figueroa uh, Otero. Thank you so much for, for being thank with you. us. Yes. I'm very, very thankful for your opportunity, ma'am. Thank yes. you very much. Thank you. And a lot thank of joy, you. lots of joy in your life. I read about you. You had an interesting life,
0: too. I have had an interesting life. We all yes, have. You yeah. have. Yeah. Yes, you have. Yes. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And I now close the Spiritual Forum. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about us, check out thespiritualforum.org. The Spiritual Forum is affiliated with Unity Worldwide Ministries. We're a nonprofit corporation and depend solely on donations from people like you. If you find that you're benefiting from your listening, we encourage you to donate on our website, thespiritualforum.org. Our music is by Matt Nelson. Sound engineering is by Mark Jasielski.